0: Annual video game sales in this country alone total more than $10 billion. Video games generate more revenue than movies. A Harris Interactive poll released in April of this year found that 8.5% of youth gamers in this country could be classified as pathological or clinically addicted to playing video games. A British survey last year indicated 12% of polled gamers exhibit addictive behaviors the problem may be even worse in Asia. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt, author of You Can Think Like a Psychiatrist, your host. And with me today is Dr. Todd Clements. Dr. Clements practices adolescent and adult psychiatry at the Amon Clinics in Newport Beach, California. He also co-hosts Meyer Clinics Live, a nationwide syndicated call-in radio program focusing on a wide variety of medical and psychiatric issues. Dr. Clements is also the co-author of a book called Blue Jeans about mood disorders. Welcome, Todd.
1: Hey, thanks a lot, Dr. Lyon. It's great to be here.
0: Dr. Clements, do you think there's such a thing, really, as video game addiction?
1: I certainly do. And, you know, as an adolescent psychiatrist, we started seeing this, a few years ago, and everybody kind of laughed at us and said, oh, there can't be, you know, there's no such a thing. Well, now you're starting to see more about in the news and people are realizing that there is, especially parents of teenagers that are dealing with this. Uh, Yes, we are seeing not only teenagers, we're seeing adults that are having problems with addictions to um, internet and video games as well.
0: Now, is there a gender difference in this? It seems, at least in my house, that the boys are much more interested in these things than the girls.
1: You know, it's been more males that I've seen, but I have seen it with a few females. Uh, I actually saw one couple where it ended up causing a divorce. She was playing internet games up to 12 hours a day. She wasn't taking care of the kids. She wasn't getting the laundry done. She wasn't getting meals cooked and the husband kept setting boundaries, and you've got to do this, you've got to do this, and still she refused to quit playing video games. So it's, it's not only males, but that's who primarily we're seeing the problems with. And people say, well, wait a minute, I mean, how can it be an addiction? Well, if you really look at it, Internet games and video games have the properties of something that's addictive. And if you think about it, it's one of those things where you get what we call pleasurable feeling. Uh, it's also something that we find that it does have an effect on brain chemicals. We've actually done brain scans of people playing video games, and we find that you do get a release of dopamine. In some teenagers, we will see that release similar to the same release that you see with somebody that takes methamphetamines. We also see that the video games can have tolerance and withdrawal. In other words, you have to play it more and more you get the same feeling and if you stop playing, they go through behavior changes. We are definitely uh, seeing that. What we're finding, we're finding uh, teenagers that have been good students traditionally, been involved with friends and school, they basically will withdraw from everything for these games. They will uh, continue to play these games during the day. They won't get their homework done. Many times the parents don't realize it's happening until It's often too late because, you know, in a way, parents can use video games as a babysitter sometimes, and they don't realize, hey, this is, you know, my kid's doing this until the grades come home from school, and they find out, you know, they've made all F's and one or two D's because instead of doing their homework, they were playing video games. Uh, We're finding that these teenagers that once were well-behaved, they're lying to their parents. They're having behavioral problems. They're using very secretive behavior. Parents will say, hey, we take away their games. They go to school, they get games from their friends, they're lying to us, they're sneaking on the computer at night. So uh, there's been some interesting stories. In fact, there's a television show on the A&E channel that comes on a Sunday nights called Intervention, and it's interesting. I was watching it this last week, and the intervention they did was for a guy that could not quit playing video games. Hello? In the next few years, we're going to see treatment centers Pop up that are really specialized in treating video game addiction,
0: yeah, my understanding is overseas there already are some in Asia and uh, in the Netherlands of all places,
1: right, you know they're ahead of us, and we're also finding like you talked about it's the first the Asian cultures we're finding that you know this is a particularly a problem, especially in Japan, like I said, they're further ahead of us along in this game when we were saying a few years ago we're seeing this and you know, other physicians laughed at us, they were actually taking it serious over in Europe.
0: Now, the the AMA recently voted basically to table any discussion about making this an official diagnosis, and they turfed it to us in
1: psychiatry.
0: <laughs> what do you think about that?
1: Yeah. And here again, you know, I think it's one of those things, it's just so new, they're trying to learn more about And I'll admit, maybe the first time I even heard about it, I thought, well, how can that be? But after I've seen the patients, I'm like, hey, I mean, we're seeing the same kind of behaviors that you would see with, you know, somebody who's addicted to drugs. What's been so interesting to me is talking to some of the teenagers and even adults that are dealing with this. And here's the way they describe how you feel when you're playing a game. They describe it to me as they say, okay, think about the Best movie that you've ever seen in your life. They say, you know, when you're watching that movie, you get totally absorbed in it. And you forget about all your problems going on in the world. You know, and then when the movie's over, it's kind of like, oh, man, I, yeah, I'm back in life. And, you know, I've got this to deal with and that to deal with. They like said, when we're playing those games, it's like that's our life. That's, we're totally wrapped up in that. And we forget about everything else going on in life. So really, if you think about it, it's in a form of escape. And here again, why do so many people turn to drugs? Well, that becomes a form of escape. So I think this is, and you know, you take a teenage boy who's pretty awkward socially, uh, maybe not uh, very coordinated, good in sports, maybe doesn't have many outside interests, and they can start playing games, they can get good on it. Uh, Hey, it's a huge boost of self-esteem. They come to the point that they almost enjoy this life, this cyber life better than their real life. In fact, now many of these kids play games against each other on the computers. So, I mean, they really have a whole social system on these computers.
0: Yeah, certainly what's interesting to me watching my own kids grow up is now instead of coming over to play a game, you know, like a board game or watch TV together, the kids come over and they play video games, which seems sort of against the point of having somebody over. But what do I know? Right, no, I mean, and,
1: and that's what you find here again somebody that retreats to their computer and plays these games all day. I mean, they're not developing social skills, uh, they're not developing a lot of the skills. They need in life, I mean, unless they're going to become a game developer, so.
0: (laughs) If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Todd Clements. We are discussing video game addiction, especially in teenagers. Now, Todd, given what we know about video games, admittedly, which isn't a whole lot, and what we know about the similarities that this problem has with other addictive behavior, might medications be helpful in treating these kids and adults?
1: Sometimes they can. We've had a little bit of success. I mean, uh, a lot of times these kids will find that they actually have pretty severe ADD. And when we treat their ADD, that gets better, we find. But medications have not worked that well from what I've seen. Basically, it becomes very simple. A lot of it is the parents have to put limits on it. And it's one of those things that it's better to catch it before it happens, much better. And what I tell parents is playing video games, I mean, that should be a reward. You know, when you get all your chores done, all your homework done, then you're allowed to play video games for a certain amount of time. What we usually say at our clinic is, on a weeknight, an hour should be the limit. Maybe on a weekend, if, you know, everything's gone good that week, you know, you could play two hours. But really, no more than that. I mean, we're having parents tell us that their kids are playing eight hours on Saturdays, three or four hours on a weeknight. That's too much. And what we say, you know, if you can't obey the rules tonight and put it up when your hour's over, well, then we'll take 30 minutes away from you tomorrow night. So it's really used as a reward. And then, in the teenager's mind, they realize, you know, hey, this is something that I get to do when all my other stuff is done. And so it's not a right or an entitlement.
0: Now, you mentioned something earlier that is interesting and I think problematic for many of us. How can you have ADD and be able to sit for hours in front of the computer and play these
1: games? It seems like it shouldn't be. That's right. And really, when you think about ADD, attention deficit disorder, it's not the inability to pay attention. It's the inability to regulate attention. So what we find frequently, people with ADD, if it's something they're not interested in, they can focus on it. But if it's something that they're interested in, they can over-focus on it. So it's really that the ability to regulate. What we also find is, remember I said earlier that we've done scans of uh, some of these uh, teenagers, and we find that You'll find dopamine released in the brain. Well, one of the treatments for ADD that we use are medications that release dopamine. So you really find in a way they're almost kind of treating their own ADD. It's actually stimulating that frontal lobe in their brain.
0: Any other ideas on how to treat these kids? You mentioned just limit setting and and making games more of a reward than an entitlement, treating coexisting disorders like ADD. Anything else that we should think about if we see these kids in our practices?
1: One thing I would look at, I would be very observant for a teenager that kind of withdrew socially. And sometimes what we'll find is, you know, this was a teenager who maybe – came depressed or had a lot of social anxiety and really got to where they didn't want to be around people and that's when they kind of retreated to their room and you know maybe out of nothing else to do started playing games and that was the world where they escaped. You know I tell parents the best thing you can do for your teenager is to be involved in their life and know what's going on with them and I'm not saying be over involved I mean you have to know every person they talk to and what they say but you know be aware. Be aware of changes in behavior in your teenager. Be aware of changes in their grades, changes in their social patterns. If you see that, talk to them. Find out what's going on.
0: Makes good sense, I think, for all of our
1: kids, huh? That's right. And like I said, the game should be a reward. I beg parents, don't use it as a babysitter because so many parents come to me and, you know, it's like this has been going on. And by the time they realize it's happening it's out of control. And then the parents have a lot of guilt and blame themselves because they say, well, you know, we allowed them to play eight hours on Saturday because it was nice. I could go do what I want to do and didn't have to worry, you know, that he was going to be causing trouble because Johnny was in his room playing the games.
0: Thank you so much for your practical suggestions on this complicated and really so far relatively unknown disorder.
1: Right. I think you're going to hear a lot more about it in the next few years.
0: We've been speaking with Dr. Todd Clements, psychiatrist in Newport Beach, California, about video game addiction. I'm Dr. Leslie Lund. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.